Well, let's just pray. Our gracious, loving God, we just give you thanks for your word. And Lord, today we ask that you, you speak to us through your word again into our lives. Oh, Holy Spirit, may you open up your word for us and for me today. I pray this in your holy name. Amen. Yes, we are starting our, our, our series of leading into um, Easter. Um, all through March, we'll be looking at um, the journey towards Jerusalem and ultimately towards the cross. Today's um, reading from Mark's Gospel is one of the pivotal moments in, in, in Jesus' ministry. Um, it's also a pivotal moment in, in the disciples' journey with Jesus, uh, and, and, and especially for Peter. Now, now, Mark actually really follows the journey of Peter throughout his gospel, and we kind of look at all of that. Um, not only do I love this passage because of, of the way the Bible looks at the process of discipleship um, that Jesus uses here, but, but it also challenges us as we read it about our own journey of discipleship and what it means for us. And it marks a pivotal point as we read this in our own journey of discipleship with Jesus. But before we jump into the passage, I want to place this passage um, in, the, in the Gospel of Mark and where, where it kind of fits. Um, and I think I've got... So, here we go. I've got a nice little graphic on the screen for you that kind of gives you an understanding. Mark's Gospel can be roughly divided into four sections, two big chunks and two small little sections. The first chunk in chapters 1 through to 8, um, up to uh, 8 verse 26, is all about um, introducing Jesus, who he is, the, the, Jesus calling the disciples, and, and actually the disciples getting to know Jesus and asking the question, who is Jesus? So who is this person? Who is the Messiah? And kind of getting to that point. And then we get to this pivotal section around chapters 8, verses 27 through to the end of chapter 10, where, where you have the declaration of who Jesus is, who the disciples say he is. And then, and then Jesus then goes on and then starts to explain who, what he must do. And in three times during that, that little section, he declares that he must die He's going to lay down his life. And then you see from chapters 11 onwards all the way through chapter 16, um, verse, you know, first part of verse 9. And, and it comes all the way and it starts with a triumphal entry and it's, it's the, the week of Easter. There's that whole, whole passage around Easter and about what Jesus has to do, about his death and his resurrection and about the life-saving grace that we have there. And then, then we have like this little section at the end of just verse chapter 16, uh, a few verses, and it's, it's actually an added extra ending in order to bring um, a, a closure to the gospel story. So that's that really big overview. So, so you can see that the, you've got this first chunk about um, the disciples just getting to know Jesus. And then we come to this pivotal passage. So what I want us to do is, is listen again to... Um, what Mark's gospel has to say. And if you've got the, um, the Bible there with you, I want you to open up to Mark chapter 8, verses 27 to 30, because we're going to just focus in around on this for a moment um, and, and, and let it speak to you again. 
So let, let me read it for you. Jesus and his disciples left Galilee and went up to the village near Caesarea Philippi. And, and as they walked along, he asked them, who do people say I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? And Peter replied, you are the Messiah. But Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about them. So you can, you can see this, how this is this pivotal moment um, in, in, in the gospel where the disciples have, have been called by Jesus. So Jesus has personally invited people along um, and come, and come and become fishers of men with me and invite them on this journey. And, and they've got all these notions around who the Messiah is going to be, what all of this is, who Jesus really is, what is his plan, everything else that's going on there. And as they've been journeying with Jesus, he's been, he's been teaching them um, about what the kingdom of God is like. Um, he's, he's, he's been showing them the power that he has, that he is God incarnate here with us. And, and he's been you know, healing people. He's been casting out demons. You know, all of these wonderful things. And, and as they've been coming along, the disciples have been starting to see what Jesus has been doing. And he asked this question, so who do the people say I am? So or who are the people that I have encountered on the journey, on the way? What are they saying about me? And then he, you know, he gets these various answers. And then he goes, well, what about you? Who do you say I am? You know, as we've been thinking about it, what's been going on is that Jesus has been discipling a process of showing who he is all along the way. You know, when you come with a preconceived idea about who God is and how God's going to interact into your life, you're going to come with those, those, that framework. And that's what everybody who Jesus invited in to become a disciple had. They already had a way of thinking. They already had a framework in their life about what they thought God was how God was going to interact and how God was going to save them from the Roman occupiers. And so what Jesus has been doing is he's been discipling them along the way. He's been discipling them into faith in who Jesus is. And, and that's what we as, as believers ourselves, we, we have a journey of discipleship. And, and this journey of discipleship um, is about learning about Jesus. So we learn about Jesus as the disciples walked and saw what Jesus did and, and, and heard him teach and, and sat down and heard him pray and saw the miracles and all of the awesome power that Jesus had, they were learning about Jesus. They were learning to trust Jesus. So, so what they were doing was that they were learning how to trust in Jesus and what he, he was doing. So when, when they were actually being sent out into the villages to go and preach about the good news, they learned to trust in Jesus and what he was doing and the empower that he was giving them. And they were seeing what Jesus does. They were being discipled into faith in this. And, and, and this, is, this is the process that they get to the point and they ask the question, 
But who do you say I am? Now, interestingly, and, and the reason why I wanted you to, to have, have the passage up there is because there's a, there's a process around discipleship and, and, and discipling somebody into faith that I want you to kind of understand and see just in this little passage. And let me read it again. And when they arrived at, um, no, sorry, let me, um, the, Jesus and the disciples left Galilee and went to the village near Caesarea Philippi. And as they were walking along, he asked them, who do people say I am? So here's that question. So they're walking along, they're journeying together. But what is Jesus doing? You know, when we're walking along with somebody, you know, you might be on a bushwalk, you might be something, you know, just walking along the road together and you have conversation with them. What's the kind of conversation that you would have? You might talk about the weather. You might talk about how sporting teams are going. You might be talking about finance. You might be talking about, you know, um, you know, life, family, all those kind of things. We have an everyday kind of conversation. Now, Jesus here is not having an everyday conversation with his disciples. He was talking along and he was starting to move into much more, moving from an everyday kind of conversation into a deep spiritual conversation. And so that's actually one of the key things about discipleship, about a process of helping people to be discipled into Jesus as a willingness to ask questions that engage people on a spiritual basis. Do you get that? Jesus here is asking a spiritual question of them. So who are people saying that I am? You know, it, it's coming into that basis of opening it up into a spiritual question. And we might want to ask, you know, who do you think Jesus is? And that can open up a whole wealth of questions for you and answers and ways of entering into people's lives. They, they, they were, they'd seen all of the signs, the miracles, all of these, these people that had been a party to what Jesus had been doing. They're coming up with questions, but they're not coming up with the answer. They're not getting to the answer that Jesus is the Messiah. And so they're, they're thinking Elijah and one of the prophets or, you know, all those kind of things. They're thinking of the Old Testament coming on there, not Jesus being the Son of God, God incarnate here with us. And so, you know, he then goes on and then asks them, so he turns it into a decision process. So he moves it from just being a spiritual conversation and then asks the question, so who do you think I am? And the whole thing makes it personal. It moves it from everyday to spiritual to a question about personal commitment. Who do you say I am? And, and, and what I want to do, so often when we, we read this passage, we focus on how Peter gets it wrong and how he goes off and then rebukes Jesus for all of this. But no, we, what I want you to do is focus on the fact that he gets it right. And the reason that he gets it right is because he's seen what's happened. His journey with Jesus has taken a bit of time for this. 
you know, Jesus isn't asking this because he, you know, he wants to really know what people are thinking about him. He's, he's actually trying to engage with the disciples and getting them to think beyond the stereotype that's there and to actually engage with the question that Jesus wants them to be. Who is Jesus for you? Who is Jesus? And Peter says that you are the Messiah. Some translations will say the Christ. Um, uh, others will say the chosen one. And they're all meaning the same thing. God's chosen one here. You know, discipleship is a journey. And I think I actually had a, a slide up. It's a journey about learning about Jesus. It's a journey about learning to trust in Jesus. It's, it's a journey about what seeing, seeing what Jesus actually does in in, in throughout the gospel. Discipleship is this journey. And, and, and believe it or not, it wasn't like um, this moment when called them from, from fishing to walking and then being asked about um, who is Jesus. That took two years. It was a process of them to getting to know. It's a journey even in this discipleship process where you need to get to know Jesus. And so often when we think about discipleship, we think about asking people to come to faith. We want this instant response. And yet we need even looking at this. It took them two years before Peter was able to go, you are the Messiah, you are the chosen one. You know? And it's when the disciples got that, that Jesus turned his face. The whole nature of Mark's gospel, the whole nature of ministry changes. And you see in that section, that middle section, I was saying that, you know, in Mark's gospel, from this point to the end of chapter 10, he starts to tell them about who, what the Messiah actually has to do to give up his life for the sake of the world, to be handed over to the authorities, to be killed. And that's when Peter goes, no, 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 that's not my idea and rebukes him because he thinks that it's different. He gets pulled back. So I ask you this question. Who is Jesus for you? Who is Jesus for you? So I'm just going to pause for a moment because I'm going to pray. I just want you to pray with me right now. Um, and think about who is Jesus? Is he the Messiah? Is he the chosen one for you? Is he the one that came, came to bring reconciliation back to God for you? So let's just pray. And Lord God, help us to see you in these pages of the book that we have that is the Bible. Help us to see how you, as Jesus, spent time with his disciples and taught them and showed them. Help it to come alive for us. Lord, we just pray today that as we ask the question, as you asked the question of the disciples all those years ago, that you're asking us today this question. Who do you say Jesus is? And Lord, today I just pray that your Holy Spirit will be upon us, that we may be able to answer that question.
with truth, with honesty. And Lord, if that answer is, I don't know. If that answer is, I'm a little confused. Let us answer that honestly. And today, if you are here and you're going, I don't know really who Jesus is. Lord, I pray for you that you'll have a little bit of clarity, a little bit of purpose, a little bit of understanding of who Jesus is, that he is your Lord and Saviour. But God, if, if the answer is, I know that you are the Messiah, but that has no power, it's just an answer. It has no change upon us. Then, Lord, I ask that you, you give the power of turning towards Christ back to us. That it is actually a change in our life. It is a change in who we are. Lord, help us today to know the power of Jesus. And Lord, if, if the answer for us is who is Jesus for us, is that you are the Messiah, the chosen one, the one that comes and saves us, my life is changed because of that. My life is made new because of that. Then Lord, I ask that you give us the courage, the strength, the purpose to share that with others. To share that light, to share that journey, to share the fact that you have faith that we're willing to share. Lord God, I ask all these things in your name. You know, I, I was saying that this was a pivotal moment. It's a pivotal moment in Mark's gospel. It's a pivotal moment in the ministry of Jesus. It, it, it's, it's a pivotal moment in the journey of the disciples that understood who Jesus was that he was the Messiah, but they had yet to understand what it meant for the Messiah to give of his life. So Jesus changes the way he teaches. And he starts to show the work of the Messiah to them. He shows it with his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. He shows it by the clearing of the temple. He shows it of the final week that, where he, he shares with his disciple about God's saving grace. How God has been working throughout all of history, saving his people and bringing them out of bondage, out of slavery for freedom. And we can have that same freedom if we're willing to place our trust in Christ. I want to share with you Mark 8, verse 31. And it says that Jesus began to tell him that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders and the leading priests and the teachers of the religious laws, and he would be killed. But three days later, he would rise from the dead. Jesus is telling about what is the work of the Messiah. What is the work that Jesus actually needs to do? We often think it is about the healing, the miracles, the, the teaching, but that's all part of it. But it's the giving up of his life 
the sacrifice of the pure, perfect person so that we may all have forgiveness. And Peter was challenged that this was a different view, a different way of thinking, a different kind of Messiah. So what I want us to do today is to help us see that journey. Help us see that Jesus has changed and shifted and is facing towards Jerusalem. He's helping those who are journeying with him to actually understand. And we know that it takes them time. It actually takes them all the way until after he's resurrected. And he meets them again to see the true purpose and the depths of all of this. So let us, as we start our journey towards Jerusalem ourselves, through our church, let us ask the question again. Who is the Messiah for you? Who is Jesus for you? How has your life changed? Are you willing to follow Jesus? Are you willing to do as the passage says? To not be ashamed of Jesus. Not be ashamed of Jesus' message. But to have it as good news. Not to be ashamed, but to share. So let's just pray. Let's pray that we will claim that Jesus is our Messiah, the one who saves us. Let us pray that Jesus will be our Lord, the one who guides our life. Let us pray that Jesus will be the one that will provide us our repentance and be the focus of our faith. So let's just pray together. Lord God, in you, we place our trust. We trust Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. Lord, we are not ashamed of you. Matter of fact, we are joyful of you. We, we want to raise your name. We want to praise your name. We want to lift your name on high. We want to shout the name of Jesus. We want to proclaim that. That Jesus is the one that saves. That there's no other way but the way of Jesus. And Lord, we can say that, that we are not ashamed. Not ashamed of the gospel, not ashamed of Jesus. Help us to share. Help us to be a disciple. Help us to be willing to ask questions. 
but help us to be willing to turn towards you in all that we do. Lord, we pray this in your holy name. Amen.